Thanks for listening to CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We're going to have a good conversation today about the uh, Audi e-tron GT that's coming out soon this summer. I think it looks fantastic. It's a it's a pretty crazy four-seater uh, or four-door uh, EV that's going to be coming out. We're going to touch on the Barrett-Jackson auctions and uh, an update on... Uh, uh, and what's going on with Mark Warman over at Graveyard Cars? The new show has debuted. But before we begin, um, a word from our friends at Dodge. You know, Dodge was ranked number one for initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by J.D. Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So check them out at Dodge.com or visit your local dealer today. the CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Good morning, sir. How are you? It is morning. I'm doing well. It's about 80 degrees here in, uh, in Texas, which is a far cry from five. And I, it looks like it's five degrees there now. I, as soon as it gets down to like 50 or in the low 50s, I, that's that's so winter for me. I am always freezing. Uh, on the way here, it was like 49, and I was like, "That 50 is my cutoff. Anything below 50. If you went to a buffet every once in a while, you'd have a little padding and insulation. <laughs> no, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do the opposite, try to lean out again, try to lean out a little bit more. But uh, that uh, speedo time on the beach in Southern California coming uh, up in a couple months? For, for a lot of people, yes, especially the tourists, but not for me. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the beach is gorgeous to look at, but it's kind of dirty. I don't want to go there. <laughs> I don't really go in the water either. But I do yeah, like people, the weather. People wonder why times. I had different different uh, a different outfit in wrestling. You know, yeah. Uh, the last time I went out, you know, you get a little older, you get a little self conscious, you got to cover <laughs> up a little more. So I get. Yeah, I don't know why people made more of a stink about that. The 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 trunks than anything else. Like, I get over it. It's fine. Just move on. <laughs> People have nothing better to do. It's all good. Um, all right. So there's uh, some exciting things coming up. Of course, some car news and uh, and Barrett-Jackson event coming up. Um, the one thing I wanted to hit on first, because we've talked about this several times before, is Gordon Murray's T50, his crazy new supercar with the fan on the back and the fan is supposed to suck the car down and it it, it creates its own aerodynamics in a sense, right? So It doesn't kick in until after 3,000 RPM, right? Yeah, well, at least, <laughs> at least that. that. Yeah, so the, the <coughs> idea of the fan basically is uh, it – at high speeds, we hear these things, uh, you know, like Celine S7 and some of these cars going, oh, at, uh, at 150 miles an hour, it has its own weight and downforce. So you could drive it upside down and it would stick <laughs> to the roof of a tunnel or something. You know, well, Gordon Murray is saying you're not always doing 150, 180 miles an hour to get the amount of downforce that you want. So he puts this fan on the back of the car that sucks air through the car and it creates the aerodynamics. It creates the downforce and whatever it needs to do, even at lower speeds, because he can use this fan to to make it happen, as well as cooling and all this other stuff. It's a really neat idea. It was done years ago in racing on his uh, crazy, I don't know, racing prototype car, but um, interesting idea. And so <laughs> Garden Murray Automotive, I guess is the name of the company. Uh, they take this prototype and they're, and they get a bunch of people and a Cosworth engineer who developed the engine and, and they're like, it's so dramatic. Like we're going to take this car out for its first drive on the track. And, uh, it, it, listen, I, I get it. And this is part of the testing, but what a boring ass video. <laughs> First of all, it was limited to three thousand RPM. It it just it just barely moved around, and Gordon got out of the car and he's like, "Oh, it it spins the tires loose a little bit, even up to three thousand RPM." Completely lost in the video. You don't see any of that. You don't hear any of that. You just see, see this thing like putting around, which looks like a parking lot. And all these people are like kind of cheering and clapping because it moves on its own powers. I was like, I get that part, 
But the idea of like sort of producing the video going, oh, this is the biggest day of our lives. It is, but not for the rest of us who watch the boring ass video. I'll tell you what, I started following him. I mean, obviously, the, the yeah. F1 being my favorite car in the world. I mean, I'm a huge fan. And yeah. uh, there's no way he could have produced a video that would have lived up to the hype that was built up for that. Yeah. So, I mean... Well, let's be honest. Even, it fell short, but this time it fell way short. Yeah, and they pulled the car out of the trailer and they revved it. You know, like st- t- they're like, "Oh, check it out! We're gonna fire it up. We're gonna rev it." Still, the revs were capped at three thousand RPM, so it was it was barely it was barely a rev. Now, that being said, he was like, it did kind of chirp the tire, break the tire loose. You know, when you when you paddle shift and bang it, like even at close to three thousand RPM, so. He did say that he was starting to feel a little bit of the power. Uh, so the exciting part is, is he's got, I don't know, 9,000 RPM left. This engine is 654 horsepower at 12,000 RPM redline. That's sick. And it's, it, it, just to refresh everybody's memory, this is the, the Gordon Murray T50 supercar. He teamed up with Cosworth, and they developed a 3.9-liter naturally aspirated V12. So a small displacement V12 with a lot of RPM. You know, uh, uh, of course, everything is all about lightweight and, and, you know, making the high-end power. The vehicle's only going to weigh 2,200 pounds. That's less than a Miata. That's nothing. 2,200 pounds is, is... is nothing. That and, is a terrific power to weight ratio, right? There. And if you think about it, like twenty two hundred pounds, I'm sure dry weight, you have fluids and stuff to it. But I'm pretty sure the car still has like a small AC with like a stereo and whatever, four speakers or something. Like it's not it's not completely stripped down. <laughs> um, but uh, uh a huge day for them and underwhelming day for us watching the video and i'll tell you the other thing is is the, all right well here's the interesting part of the video is you get to see the car sort of in the real world with people in it and people around it and you realize how how small it is it is sort of porsche boxster small but Bill, like your favorite car, the McLaren F1, it is a three-seater with a center drive. So in the video, you can see Gordon Murray driving it and the guy from Cosworth messing around with the laptop sitting next to him in one of the side seats. And you're like, those are adults (laughs) in that car. And they looked a little jammed in there. Uh, I'm sure Gordon... Murray's perspective, like the F1, he's moved forward a little bit. I think the idea is is if he's forward a little bit and the other two are back a little bit, uh, his elbows are jamming into the other people. Getting three people across in a standard, you know, now that's like the bench seat of an F-150, right? So, Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe not a modern so building a box, huge. basically. Yeah, it would it would be it would be pretty wide. Um, but uh, you know, you can see the two guys in there. You can see they're a little jam packed, and it's interesting because we saw some of the prototype pictures. I think of a silver car, and it 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 has kind of a slabby side, but this this vent going on the bottom of the door, a little like the inner vent on the door on the, on the 720S McLaren. And mm. it does have a nice design characteristic to it. But when they it's brought, yeah, when they brought that car out and it was just in the flat black, it looks stupid. <laughs> it, it really just felt like it was just a slabby. You didn't see any it's of that personality up. in the door. Um, I, and I, I get it. It's really not about how the car looked at that point. I'm, I'm sure you know, I, I'm sure it it was such a raw prototype that they just they just wrapped it. There, you know, the carbon fiber is imperfect, and there's obviously no paint on it, and you know they got to be able to remove panels and do things to it. So, it, it it is that. But he did get out of the car, and he said, "Expect many, many more sessions like this, as well as several more prototypes need to be built." 
before the thing really is kind of production ready, which I think is supposed to be at the end of the year. So um, it it's going to be a badass car. It's going to be interesting. I think when we're going to see it in person, you're going to be like, God, it's tiny. Uh, it's already very low, so that's going to give it a small feel. The mm-hmm. length is going to be very short, but it's going to be wide, and I think it's going to it's going to be interesting to to see. Um, but it, it is interesting having them go out there and do it. And look, it, he keeps ignoring all of the performance specifications. He's like, I don't care how fast it is. This is supposed to be the most analog modern day supercar out there. You know, a traditional manual transmission and naturally aspirated engine. Just make it kind of fun and raw. And and really, the speed is going to be determined by how good the driver is, which which is cool. Like as a guy who's been in Absolutely. racing for so long, it's like driving a GT three, right? Right. Well, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, we, we know that Mario Franchini sort of his spokesperson, his friend and, and fantastic racer. Uh, and he will probably end up getting more seat time in this car than anybody aside from Gordon Murray. Yes, that's what you want. Is like you want Mario Franchini to be the fastest guy in a, in a Gordon Murray T fifty, right? Because yeah. he's an amazing driver and he's going to get the seat time in this car. Uh, and so when they go to test this thing and go, "What's the zero to sixty? What's the lap times? Whatever." Let's hope it's with with Dario Franchini behind the wheel, so we can get some really impressive times out of it, which I think you will. Well, hundred percent. I mean, why else would he be such a big part of that unveiling of the car itself? Yeah, yeah, and he's he's so passionate about it too. He's super into it. But anyway, I'm I'm just impressed by some of the numbers: six hundred and fifty-four horsepower at twenty-two hundred RPM, uh, or sorry, twenty-two hundred pounds, twelve thousand RPM. Uh, I I guess it does make a huge difference when you put three people in it. <laughs> You know, if you added, I don't know, 700 pounds of people in it, you're... It's still going to be crazy fast. There's yeah, no gonna question. You're going to, yeah, you're going to increase it's the weight by a quarter fast. of the car. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's it would, just with those numbers itself, even though it was a inauspicious debut with that video, I cannot wait to see it cranked up to ten to 12,000 RPM. That thing's going to scream. Yeah, it's going to sound fantastic. They did not show Gordon Murray trying to get into the middle seat, which I kind of wanted to see how that happens. He must have given some thought into the design of how you do that, right? Just just kind of where you put your hands or whatever, right? I would hope so. Listen, uh, Mercedes years ago had their AMG SLS, the modern-day Gullwing, and uh, there was a lot of talk. We're like, well, when you get in the seat, you can't reach the handle, so they put a little strap on it. What do you do? And then for someone my size, I, I drove the car quite a bit. I was very fortunate to be able to spend quite some time with it. It became very easy once you kind of figured it out. And on that car, as you approach it, you you kind of grab the handle, you step in with one leg, kind of sit on the sill, and as you're bringing in the other leg, you're bringing the door down. And I remember at one point going, I could do this quickly, and just kind of walking in in one fluid motion, like getting in the car and bringing the door down all at the same time, and going, hey, once you figure this out, it's super easy. And, I, and I'm sure G- Gordon Murray or him or one of his designers is going, how's the best way to get into this car, into the center seat, right? I, I've never seen Leno get into the middle seat of his F1, <laughs> but but he I does drive it. I can't it. remember you know, it, I, from what I remember, it wasn't that bad. You know, but I that was the the day that I drove the F one on the track was the day uh, was the day after I'd driven my brother's F forty. Yeah. So anything was comfortable compared to that. I just can't remember, and I had I I had two people next to me. Wanda was on one side, and the owner of the car was on the other, and it really wasn't that bad. I, but I can't remember getting in. Yeah. I can't remember how how strenuous it was getting in. I think a crane dropped me. <laughs> I, well, I, can't I, I can't imagine trying to get out 
without moving the passengers out first. That would be oh, funny. 100%. It'd be funny There's to no be way. like, hey, you sit here. I'm going to run into the store real quick. And oh, you're yeah. climbing over the side <laughs> passengers. But um, anyway, so that that's what's going on with the, with the T-50. Check out the video anyway. I mean, it's not that impressive. But if you want to see the car and uh, and – you know, certainly the enthusiasm of the people around it who are developing the car. Uh, it's it's worth taking a look at to see the size and kind of what's going on. You get a little bit of the sound, but but not a lot. Uh, obviously, the sound's going to come on at you know between nine thousand and twelve thousand RPM. It's just gonna it's gonna start to scream. Um, but uh, but it's cool, and I'm excited to see that car. I'm kind of hoping like it shows up at I want to say like Monterey Car Week, something like the Quail or. You know, in August, it's probably a good good audience and a good time to debut that car. Also, because I think Bruce Kenepa is sort of the exclusive U.S. distributor on it. And, and you know, that's, that would make sense. that's his area. So um, anyway, let me just uh, hit this uh, with Dodge. You know, Dodge has officially opened orders of the new 2021 Durango SRT Hellcat. It's the most powerful SUV Ever, I believe they're limiting to production to about 2,000 units. Most are accounted for. Technically, I would say it's sold out, but some dealers may have it. So you can go there and you can still check it out and probably negotiate a deal if you're into it. Um, but also keep in mind that that Dakota RT with the V8, that thing's a badass truck as well. Uh, but the Hellcat is exclusive for 2021. It features a 710 horsepower engine. It's got new aggressive exterior styling and a new interior with a driver centric cockpit. And all buyers will receive a full day of pro instruction at the Bondurant High Performance Driving School, which we're fans of. We've been there several times. So deliveries are going to start happening very, very soon. And you know that Dodge was ranked number one in initial quality and best driver appeal for mass market brands by JD Power. It's the first U.S. brand ever to be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. So see your local Dodge dealer or visit Dodge.com today to schedule your test drive. If it is anything like the TRX experience, yes, go out and get in line and buy one now. Do not wait another second. So speaking of TRX, and uh, and and we're not going to make this a Mopar episode, although we've got some a little more Mopar news. But uh, you got your truck back, right? So yes, I Gearhead uh, developed the different stages of packages we were talking about. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know if there's four different packages. Um, uh, I think that was the plan for four different packages. Last time we spoke, I think you had a stage three on there. We're making somewhere around. 850 to the tires, almost 900 to the yeah, eight, tires. 826 is what we 826. Yeah. Uh, so you were getting um, six, seven, eight, uh, 200, 220 horsepower extra to the tires. Yes, sir. With your stage three. What do you have now? Do you have the stage three on it? Do you have stage four? Stage, stage three is on it. Um, stage four will come. I think we're probably going to supersede stage four and go straight to twin turbos with it. Okay. But, uh, you know, we need to make a little bit bigger jump, like the jump from, from stock to where we are now in stage three. I think we, we supersede stage four. But I, I tell you what, I'm more than impressed. And, and my neighbor, who has the only one in the area, Came by and uh, we did a little drag race, which was fun. I should have uh, I should have videoed that, which I will. But uh, uh, the day mine was dropped, the day after mine was dropped off, he wanted to test it. He tested it. He called Mario within 15 minutes, and his will be on a truck next week. <laughs> so um, it, it's unbelievable advancement, uh, you know, with the performance of the vehicle. Um, I can I can knock the tires loose even the big giant 37s. Although, you know, it does feel, you're driven in trophy trucks, right? It yeah. feels just like a trophy truck. It just, it does. It squats down. It's like those old, you know, the B-body drag, mm -hmm. the B-body cars in the old days, the, the uh, super stock cars where it just, it sits down and then it goes and it squats. I, the thing is very impressive. It's it's gnarly. The thing is that now I I, I don't have the need or feel the need to drive anything else. Um, <laughs> it's it's really impressive, man. I, I don't I don't want to sit here and make it a Dodge commercial, but and the neighbor who's got who's had uh, four Raptors is 
like I said, his license plate says uh, Raptor No More or something like that on the PRX <laughs> because he's completely sold with the advancements of that vehicle. I mean, I'm, I'm just over the moon excited uh, to go out and drive it after the podcast. The, uh, the the Dodge vehicles have all the performance gauges and things like that. So were you able to just kind of fire up the internal gauges and, and get some, some numbers? Like, did you get like a six, 0 to 60 number or a quarter mile number in the truck just for fun? Yeah, a little bit. I, I uh, you know, I've only launched it once. You, you know, uh, those performance pages are great in the other vehicles, but I've only had this thing for a very short period of time. And so I'm still learning to turn the air conditioner on and off. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, went through the performance page. I think the best zero to 60 time I've got so far is a three seven. Yeah. I think it was a three seven. Um, That's fast. Three four or something like that is on the horizon. But, you know, once I once I figure out how to tool this thing, it'll be it'll be in the mid threes. I would guarantee and then and that's a 6,500 pound truck. Yeah. Running yeah. on 37. It's, it's a crazy feel. I drove the Gages baseball game last night. I drove over 150 miles, you know, round trip. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is absolutely fantastic. I, I, I couldn't sing its praises anymore, whether it's the comfort, the performance. Uh, it's the thing is a dream. Absolutely. Have you guys figured out the, where the pricing is going to come in on the various packages? Yeah, we'll let. Hopefully, we'll get Dave on here next week, yeah, so he can announce all that stuff. Okay. Um, last, we do have pricing on it, um, but I don't want to screw it all up by any stretch. So we'll let the the top dog do it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll get into that more when we figure out some of the details. But the R and D has been fun. I've seen, uh, it, you know, gearhead fabrications hitting dyno runs with your truck and 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 and. All the other vehicles that they're working on, so um, uh, lots of cool they stuff six, there. They got over sixteen hundred yesterday out of a challenge. I know they're just, it's just making crazy, <laughs> it's crazy, crazy power. And I'd like to talk Wait. to Mario again. I want to find out a little bit more about when he's starting to get into the motor. Like you talk about a possible stage four being a twin turbo setup. Is that no, going to be that's, a? T- that's beyond the stage four. Beyond We're the stage four. We're going to have stage four, and then then a and, twin turbo will be another addition. And then does that require a built motor at that point? So I, I'm curious to know how I much. Think, I would think yes. You know no how much how much power is he going to get with a before, stock engine? Yeah, before you have to change the internals, right? Like right that's, where we are yeah, right now. Yeah, that's why we didn't go any further. He didn't want to push it um, without replacing some of the internals. And yeah. So. Um, and I wanted the truck back, and so I didn't want much more R and D at the time. But he'll have another one in next week, so he can do it. On yeah, there. I can do another one on there. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, also, just to uh, to catch up on some things, um, you spoke to your buddy uh, briefly, Mark Warman. He's been on the show several times. He's always he's always fun to talk to. Graveyard Cars is the show. It's season thirteen. New episodes started, I believe, this week, Tuesday. It's seven p.m. on Motor Trend TV. Uh, have you have you caught up with him? Do you know what he's up to or what he's got in store for the season? I don't know if you guys had a chance to chat too much, but uh, yeah, but, I know, mean, it was, it was quite ironic. I haven't spoken to Mark in a couple months, and then I get a phone call from him prior to the debut of the episode last night, and it was to inform me that the debut was going to be uh, an episode that that included myself and my triple black seventy, you know, six pack Cuda. Um. <clears throat> But he made the phone call to me to break the bad news to oh, me before no. I saw it on national television. Um, but we'll have to withhold that bad news so everybody else can go see the, the, <laughs> right. the episode. What we'll do uh, is, is uh, because I actually I, I wasn't even aware that the show had come back on to Motor Trend TV. I haven't been able to. to I just think she's just been busy. I don't have much that, TV. Where do you look for these <laughs> For these sh- episodes where do you look for these shows now there's so many different options whether it's streaming or, or you know conventional television and, and honestly i see most of the new announcements like on motor trend or or discovery plus app like instagram and i get to see all the new shows coming up and i'll and i'll go out and and, and see it but i just don't remember seeing that so i'm not sure 
you know, why it didn't come across. <laughs> no, and I love those guys to death, but because every ad that you see on Motor Trend is about the Roadkill boys. <laughs> between Roadkill now and and uh, and Top Gear, right? Uh, oh, Top my Gear gosh, stuff. Yes. And, and I watched a few episodes of Top Gear, and I thought it was I thought it was fun. Um, you know, some episodes are more interesting than the others, but it it all seems kind of fun. Um, and uh, they have another new show that's coming out. I forgot what it was that. Kind of looked interesting, but um, uh, anyway, well, speaking of shows, uh, not necessarily Motor Trend, um, but our friend Craig Jackson has two very unique Shelby Mustangs, prototypes. He has, I think, a 67 and a 68. He has Little Red and he has the Green Hornet, and these were... Big horsepower cars. Like I think, um, I think uh, I forgot which one. Maybe it's Little Red has the twin Paxton big block engine in it. It was a prototype development car, and he found these cars uh, a while ago, restored these things, and uh, it was all documented for uh, for a two part docu series. So I, I think it's an hour each episode. History um, Channel. Uh, it's on FYI. It's on History Channel, and then eventually it'll be on on uh, the Barrett Jackson YouTube uh, channel as well. So you will be able to see this in various places if you don't have one of those networks. Um, and uh, the trailers look pretty interesting. It's a great story if you're into you know just sort of the restoration side of things, not just the history of these cars, uh, but they are kind of pretty pretty special cars. And uh, it's an interesting uh, thought now. Here's the thing about Craig Jackson. We've interviewed him a few times on here is Craig is a pretty talented fabricator. He's a pretty talented mechanic and fabricator. And and he goes off into his garage and puts his little T-shirt on and tools around on his cars. And he's been doing that for a long time since he was a kid. And, and he's a hell of a driver. And he is, yeah. And we've seen him on the racetrack in Monterey several times. I want to say in his AMC. I think he drives his AMC out there, and uh, he's a he's he's a bit of a fabricator. He's a real car guy. He's not you know uh, you know not just the auction guy you see on TV. Like he he does get in there. So um, I I think you're going to find he has a lot of insight and thought into the restoration of these vehicles. Now it doesn't necessarily make sense uh, for him to restore them all on his own, given his day job. Uh, yeah. He is a fairly successful <laughs> businessman. You know, but, uh, but the, the documentary looks pretty interesting. Um, it's, uh, uh, you know, like I said, it's a two part series. It's going to be on FYI. It's going to be on history and it's going to be on the bear Jackson, uh, YouTube channel. So you might want to check that out. Um, I've been, uh, reaching out to, uh, our friends in the in the car world, and I told you I've got a few things lined up, like a to, to drive Toyota Tacoma TRD Pro. Uh, um, uh, so, what opulent vehicle are you driving this week, sir? So, th- this week, <laughs> this week I'm driving my truck, my Lightning. Um, but then it Fantastic. gets, and then it gets, uh, which is fun, um, except for the rain we've been having. Um, but then it's like eight weeks of of various cars, but um, I just had a nice conversation with our friends at Audi and it's been a minute since we've been able to drive some of the Audi cars. Uh, In particular, I'm interested in driving the Audi e-tron GT, right? Like (laughs) this is Audi's version of the Porsche Taycan and I would argue that it looks better. I think the Audi looks better. It's equally as fast. I think the interior is a little more conventional. Um, you know, a, a, ro- a low roof line. It's got that long angular look to it. Uh, I just there's there's a over at my warehouse. There's a guy over there that or, or a woman over there that drives a white Porsche Taycan and and. It's it's cool and I like the car and I I haven't driven it. It seems like it would be exciting to drive. Uh, you know, Alistair has only said good things about it. But as I see the Audi more and more, I get interested in that. And what's the price comparison? Um, I I think the Audi is a hundred and and change. 
And it uh, there's going to be sort of two versions. There's the GT and I think an RS version of it. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can find kind of the base uh, prices of it. Um, let me see if I can find that real quick. Uh, I want to say the e-tron starts at 99.9. So it starts at 100,000, right? And you can go up. Now, the... The the Taycan has you know they have that that base model now that's like eighty something thousand bucks, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but but above it is the 4S version and it's like one hundred and twenty. There's like a wild like twenty twenty something thousand dollar difference between the the baby Taycan and the next version. So this one I think kind of slots like right in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you know the, they're they're all they're all fast for sure. I mean these things are all. Uh, I don't know, three second, three and a half second, zero to 60 times. Um, it's just a little bit different styling than than the Porsche, and I do like it. This is going to come out in the summer, and although I haven't booked this car, I am told we will be able to get it in the summer. But in the meantime, let me look at my calendar. It's going to be a little while. We've got, uh, uh, you know, all kinds of things, Nissan uh Rogue coming in, Toyota TRD Pro, uh, VW Airton, um, the Lexus RCF Fuji edition. Uh, that's coming up. Oh, uh, end of April, Dodge Durango Hellcat, finally. Hey, you know, we've been talking about it. Um, and a Lexus RX 450H. And then so in May, starting like May 10th, Audi. SQ7, so it's the Q7 SUV, but the S version. After that, Audi RS Q8. So this is Audi's version of the Lamborghini Urus. So and Audi is saying this thing is every bit as fast as the Lamborghini SUV, the RS version. Yeah, so the RS I think is going to be a lot of fun. Um, Then I'm going to drive an RS6. The midsize sedan, the hot version of that, uh, and then an RS7. And sounds th- like a nice lineup. That'll bring me to the beginning of June. So between now and June, we've got a lot of fun new cars to to talk about. Um, some are going to be batshit crazy, and some will be uh, a little more attainable. <laughs> <laughs> any uh, any any news on the Bronco when you're going to get one of those? There's no news on the Bronco. There was a delay in the Bronco um, and uh, and a slight little delay on deliveries for the Mustang Mach-E, some deliveries on the Mustang Mach-E. Uh, I haven't heard anything about the, the, the Bronco, I'm told, May. Uh, As a consumer, they're continuing to shove emails about building your prospective models, so... That's another carrot being dangled in yeah. front of us. Now, uh, keep, keep in mind, this isn't, you know, like we just talked about the Durango Hellcat. 2,000 are going to be made for a single year only. That's a very limited production. You know, Mustang Mach 1 limited production. Um, but uh, the Bronco, the launch edition or first edition is limited, but not the rest of them. So They'd be you, ignorant. Right. You can still order them, you right? Can you can sell, sell trillions of them. Yeah, um, and and on a similar note, I, I guess I don't know. Excuse me, I don't know how many uh, Ram TRXs they're going to build. You have the is it launch edition or first edition? I don't remember. Launch edition. Launch, 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 launch edition. Launch, yes. uh, that one was limited in the color scheme and whatever. But I don't know how many of the trucks they're going to make. It seems like there's going to be some sort of limit on them, like they did. You know, they cap it a little bit, like the Durango and the Demon and a few other things. Um, but I don't know if that's you know two thousand a year or five thousand a year or whatever. But if it's anything like what they're trying to do with with Ford's trying to do with Raptor, they are going to make enough of them that you'll be able to get it at some point. Mm. <laughs> um, so the Bronco, I think, is going to be the same way. You're not going to get this first edition; those are sold out. But you could still get all the crazy various models of of it that that you want. Yeah. Now this is on the same topic, but just think how the pandemic and the years, well, seemingly years, I guess it's a year and a half at least, 
think of how that has affected certain cars in the the uh, production number and the sale of them. So didn't we talk about the Superstock, the the Challenger Superstock, and they only made like two hundred of them? Yeah. You know, so I'm curious to see what that does to certain cars, you know, 10, 20 years down the road. Didn't it do it to Corvette also? They, did, they only produced a certain amount of them because of the pandemic? Yeah, there were so many delays, um, of course, because of the pandemic and closing down factories and stuff. Yeah, the first model year ended up having limited numbers built. Now, the second model year isn't really much different other than some color changes. Um, yeah. But but yes, having that that VIN um, might be a little more valuable. But didn't they push some 2020s over to 2021? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So think of what that limited number is going to do to the resale of those things. You know, 20 years. I down mean, the yeah, road. down the road, we'll see what it does. I wonder how that's going to play into effect. Uh, you know, we're talking about some of the special cars and some of you know that are are being forced to be limited production, but. We're we're seeing delays in in vehicles and in fewer vehicles being made because of things like chip shortage is a massive thing right now. Cars can't be made or delivered uh, complete because of the that. steel's going up. Uh, steel you know is mean? going up. Aluminum's going up. Um, uh, the foam for seats that ran into an issue, so they were Everything. delaying uh, uh, things like that as well. Um, not to mention shipping, overseas shipping, shipping containers. Uh, uh, everything by truck is being super expensive right now because everybody's point, ordering uh, stuff. Yeah, at one point, Richard Waitis uh, spoke to me about the TRX, and I was going to send the TRX to Oceanside because at one point, none of the trucks had delivered anything uh, to the West Coast TRX ones. Yeah. So there were none out there up until a certain point because of shipping. Yeah. At uh it yeah, it's kind of interesting. It's just a lot of like certainly the pandemic screwed up a lot of things. But uh anyway, as we move on, we talked about um another uh, truck that's coming out soon, the Ford Maverick. This is the smaller truck that's going to fit in below the Ranger. It's so interesting to me. We had a tiny Ranger, we had a pretty small F150 like my truck, and then we canceled all the little trucks. We made giant F150s and bigger 250s, 350s. Now we're going back. And and now we're going back, which is Interesting because I don't know that the small trucks that have debuted, like the Colorado and and other than the Tacoma that always seem to do pretty well, which also seems to have grown quite a bit in size, I, I don't know that the Ranger and, and and the Colorado have done really well. I guess they're doing Justify well enough doing. to keep those and do a smaller truck, but this is a little a little background and where this is coming from. So the idea of the Maverick was we got a Ford Escape, a unibody small SUV, and it was front-wheel drive. And then we got a Bronco Sport. And the Bronco Sport is all-wheel drive, but built on the same unibody platform for the most part, the, the architecture, but just ended up being wildly different than the Escape. The Escape is just such a commuter street car, and they put all this off-road capability and the goat modes and stuff into Bronco Sport, and it actually turned out to be pretty good. I know everybody wants to call it a Bronco 2. In my mind, I think Bronco 2 as well, the little one. Um, but the idea of Maverick would be a, a pickup truck version of Escape and Bronco Sport. It from what we've seen from the spy photos, people going underneath the vehicle, they have seen a front-wheel drive version. There's no differential in the back. Um, but we do know that the Bronco Sport does have an all-wheel drive version with off-road modes. And we have seen this uh, Maverick, uh, you know, camouflaged up on the streets of, of Detroit around Ford's campus. And you can see the different trim levels already. You can see they're doing like whatever, like a nice street version, like a platinum or whatever. And then you can see an off-road version, you know. Um, so I would imagine this is going to be in both a front-wheel drive version, maybe not a rear-wheel drive only, but a front-wheel drive or all-wheel drive version of the small truck. Uh, I mean, and it's got a lot of that F-150 styling in it. I just 
now I'm just curious, is it like, can we say mini truck again? Can we bring mini truck back at this just point? Just call it a cult. Yeah, right? Like, it's just, it's a, it, it'll be interesting to see, but I don't know. Bronco sport was kind of cool. So uh, I don't know. I'm, it doesn't look that small to me, but. I, I, How many people bought the Bronco sport because the Bronco is not available? A lot. <laughs> a lot, yes a lot a lot and it, it's it's interesting because there's so much press around both of those cars that people are still showing up in dealers going hey i want the new bronco and they're saying we don't have it in yet and they go there's 30 on the lot over there they go that's a bronco sport and they're like well what's the difference and then we the dealer gets not in enough this, for me not to leave the lot with it today give it to me yeah yeah that's, it's, a, it's a lot it's a lot of that um Anyway, well, before we wrap up, just want to remind you from, from about our friends at Geico. We talk about owning your home or renting your home. And either way, it can be a lot of hard work. But you know what's easy? Of course, it's bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. And that's a good thing because we already have so much to do around our homes already. So just go to geico.com and get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Um, anyway, so Barrett-Jackson auction is uh, is coming up very, very soon. Uh, a couple days after you hear this episode, it starts Saturday, Saturday the 20th of this month. It's going to run a week. It's going to go to the Saturday the 27th. Uh, so about a seven-day auction. Uh, I, I want to say in the past, the, the big Scottsdale auction has been nine days. Um and uh, it's typically at the end of January, but here we are now in in March. Uh, they did their test run in October. They did a so this is sort of Scottsdale Part Two. Um, the first test run, uh, a shorter auction, did well. It was mostly bidders and consigners. Um, a few people were allowed. You know, they had some of the booths. We talked about it. it was like, hey, you know, some yeah. performance has to have a booth, but nobody's really what's coming diff- by. What's the difference? What's the difference now? In, so in the, the, now the difference now is. Um, well, first of all, uh, we've got Craig Jackson calling into the show later this week uh, on Friday, the show that Adam and I are doing. Uh, Craig's going to call in for that and give us an update on what exactly is going to be different. But the way I understood it as uh, as I was talking to uh, Carolyn Jackson earlier was uh, I believe they've done enough the test run in October and then enough of the COVID protocols with UV lights and the drone spraying, you know, the, the, the stuff in the air and, and, you know, the cleaning at the end of the day and all that stuff that even, of course, it's an outdoor event, mostly outdoor event and it's intense under the COVID restrictions in Arizona, they were allowed 17,000 people per day, which is, not quite the 25 or 30 or 35 they would get in the past. Substantial, though. Yeah, but big numbers. And then I heard just this past week the COVID restrictions were limited, were lifted. Lifted, just like Texas. Yeah, lifted. So I don't know what that's going to mean for the Barrett-Jackson event specifically. I think it means, yes, they can sell more tickets, but I don't think it's going to change – uh, you know, wearing a mask or or whatever, and all of their, you know, they still want to, they still have everything in place with their UV lights and all that stuff, you know, uh, in the tents. They're still doing that, is how I understand it. They're not going to say, oh, screw it, we're not going to do any of that. They're they're still doing it. It just means they are allowed more people uh, uh, through the door. So I know they have high hopes for the event. Um, I will be out there the 26th and 27th. I'm just going to make it at the at the end. Uh, and go say hi to all of them. Um, but also keep in mind that uh, a little bit later in a couple of months is the Barrett-Jackson Las Vegas event. It's June 17, 18, and 19. Um, but what's interesting is, which I believe it was at the Sands Hotel previously, this is at the new building at Las Vegas Convention Center, the new West Hall. It's a 1.4 million square foot building. Um, that's going to be also be the new expansion for SEMA later this year. So we can get a lot more uh, ground to cover indoor parking. Um, and I believe parking and, and, and who knows what, but, uh, the building looks fantastic. I don't know how many, you know, big events they're going to be doing between now and then. So Barrett Jackson may be one of, 
if not the biggest, to to debut there. Uh, that'll be a significant event as well. So uh, that's going to come up in June. So if you're thinking about, you know, you want a little bit more time, you can't make it out to Phoenix, you want to hit up one of the auctions, uh, Bear Jackson Las Vegas is going to be fantastic. So I'm going to go out to that event as well. I'm already working on booking my rooms. I will see you there, my friend. Yeah, well, that's good. If you're going to go, that's going to be fantastic. Uh, so anyway, that's a lot of the stuff that's coming up uh, now. And uh, just a reminder, if you want to watch Barrett Jackson uh, Scottsdale on TV, it's on FYI and it's on history. I'll, I'll hit the times for you right now, but you can find the stuff online. So um, starting on Wednesday, the 24th, uh, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., it's on FYI channel. And then on Tuesday, 12 to... Uh, 8 p.m. I believe it's 12 to 6. I can't. It's a little. It's a little small. Oh, it's 12 to 8. Yeah. 12 to 8 p.m. It's on FYI again, and then Friday, 12 p.m. to 4. It's on History Channel, and then at 4 p.m. to 8, it switches to FYI, and then Saturday the 27th, uh, it's 12 to 5 on History, and then the primetime hours move to FYI, 5 to 9. Wow. That's a coup for FYI. Uh, It's also going to be live streaming on the Barrett Jackson website, barrett-jackson.com. So you can see it uh, there as well. And I'm sure you can go back to the Barrett Jackson website and find all of these times, but mostly FYI and History Channel and Barrett Jackson website. That's the stuff you want to check out. So um, I think that's it for today. uh, Are we missing anything? No, Friday I'll get the horse back from Mr. Uh, Waitus. That'll be some nice uh, <clears throat> new cars to talk about. All right. Yeah, that's Wanda's Porsche. Wanda's Porsche, yeah, yeah. She hasn't seen it in three and a half years. That's exciting. Yeah. Uh, he's doing the exhaust on it. Is he doing the bimodal exhaust, kind of like he developed for a Rutledge's V8 swap, his LS swapped? 911? We'll see. I guess we'll, we'll find see. out. I mean, we'll I'm, obviously out that's Friday. very specific to uh, – uh, to the V8 engine, but um, that should be kind of interesting. Yeah, did you get? Did you have to get that thing tuned and dialed in? There was some. Wasn't there like a tuning issue? It wasn't running right. Yeah, we were in line for a year and a half for that tuning issue to be rectified, and uh, since we didn't uh, come up to bat until I had to move, I just put it on the back burner. So I'm going to get it done out here. Yeah. Okay. It's not completed yet. Um, all right. Yeah, we should check in with Richard Waitis at some point as well. He's been doing so much uh, development in the exhaust world on uh, uh, his overlanding series of, of kits. Um, and he's been just off-roading and creating tons of content and uh, kind of testing these these kits on various trucks. And the I think the idea of it is you get an aftermarket exhaust, you get a performance exhaust, but on, on these vehicles like Chevy Colorado and things like that and Jeep and whatnot – they're, he's paying special attention to get them tucked up very, very high up into into the chassis so you can do a bit more off-roading and, and whatnot. So uh, I imagine he's going to have to do a TRX exhaust, huh? Uh, well, he's already – my manifolds <laughs> were already there. So yes, <laughs> That's right. In a month, you'll be able to go to Magnaflow to get the TRX uh, shorty headers. Uh, I'll be the first ones. Damn it. It's interesting because I also spoke to him um, a little while ago, and I said, "Hey, uh, he's like, hey, I, I think I heard on the show that you ordered the Mustang Mach One." I said, "Yeah, I, it's going to be springtime till I get it." He's like, "Can I see it?" Yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, "Can I borrow it? <laughs> can, can I borrow that thing for a few days?" And uh, I was like, like uh, "I guess, yeah. sure, sure, uh, anything for you, Richard." Um, yeah, that sounds fantastic. I think they're going to do amazing stuff with it, but I can't wait to get that. I've got no updates on that. I kind of want to reach out and get a little bit of update, but I don't, man. I don't you'll, you'll lobotomize yourself, put it on the back burner That's it. and then you'll get some great information and it'll make your day. I'm I've, just I've, I've, been, I've been focusing on the garage on the, on the mat cave over there and got that lev rack system in. I posted photos I, of it. I, honestly, guys, I, I'm really happy with that thing. I, I, I get it's the whole idea of it is, is, is more expensive than just putting industrial shelves. But uh, when I go through level rack, I want you to come and install it because you did it so quickly in that video. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was moving around fast. (laughs) So the reality is, is we, uh, I had a friend come over and we built the 
just the the frame structure, which is the complex part. You need two, maybe three guys to hold up beams and stuff. I ended up, I did it, and also like I used ropes and stuff to hold things as I was attaching it. But once the the frame is built, all of that, like the hanging shelves and the workbench and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Robert Angelo and I, we we cranked that that whole thing out in like three hours. Uh, two guys oh, doing it on, in three hours. That's false advertising. It looked like 30 seconds online. Yeah, yeah. I, we, we set up the time-lapse video, and that 40-second that video is three hours almost right to the T. Like, it was, we we just went in there and didn't rush it, like reading the instructions, figuring out what's what, and just kind of put it together. And once you figure out one shelf, you you know, hanging shelf, you figure out the rest, you know, you got to square it up and you got to line the wheels and stuff. But for the most part, it, it's, it's pretty easy. I, I think one person could probably build it. Um, uh, not the frame, but the rest of it, it would be a little bit tough, uh, but probably not impossible. Uh, but two people crank that whole thing out. And I got a large version, they, you know, that the rack is 12 feet and the workbench is eight. So I've got, you know, I think the whole thing is uh, 20 feet, nine inches. And, uh, um, and it's on that back wall, which is about 25 feet long. So I've got the room on the side for the air compressor and, and things like that. So I, it, it, it came together pretty quick. I, I think, I think two guys in a half a day, five hours, you can build the whole thing from, that size, you can build the whole twenty foot version of it in five hours. That's including the frame and whatever, because it took me a couple hours to do the frame on, you know, before. Um, but th- and it should include a twelve pack. It should. It should. Well, we did have some there for sure. <laughs> that that also contributes to the time. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, guys, thanks so much, and we'll uh, we'll touch it touch base with you again next week. Tune in uh, this uh, in a couple days. I guess uh, Friday we're going to talk with Barrett. Uh, we're going to talk with Craig Jackson from Barrett Jackson, and then I will be uh, out there in, in a week or so. So until next time, uh, keep the air and the spare in the bag and the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.